Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Greetings, my Mysterians and other friends. Thank you for listening to Terry's Mysterious Moments today. I hope you enjoy the show. The U.S. government, like most governments, has secrets. We all know that. We all realize that. That's not a secret to us that they have secrets. Some of them are better kept than others and we understand that also. They say that Area 51 is a secret place. It's only secret in the fact that they won't let the public in. We all know it's there. They've actually admitted it finally. The secretive places and secret things that the U.S. government has, some of them are more secret than others. Others are not so secret whatsoever. But let's talk about a few of those things. P.O. Box 1142. Sounds like somewhere you send off to get some get-rich-quick scheme or where you'd send off for something that would arrive discreetly packaged in a brown paper wrapper. Know what I mean, Vern? But it wasn't. It had a great deal to do with correcting some of the wrongs of World War II as done by the nasty Nazis. But it was not a place that was openly discussed and did not have signs announcing its location. P.O. Box 1142 was a secret American military intelligence facility that operated during World War II. The American Military Intelligence Service, as oxymoronish as that sounds, had two special wings, one known as MIS-X and the other known as MIS-Y. The MIS-X program focused upon the escape and evasion activities of prisoners of war, or POWs, held in Europe. MIS-Y's core duty was to interview the POWs after their escape and also to interview the POWs that the United States had captured out of Europe. Many of the interrogators were Jewish immigrants who had fled Germany as children. These men were chosen due to their understanding of the German language and culture, as well as their personal interest in defeating the Nazis. Notable prisoners housed at the facility included rocket scientist Werner von Braun, spymaster Reinhard Galen, and Heinz Schlicke inventor of infrared detection. German U-boat commander Werner Hinke was also a prisoner 
but was fatally shot when he tried to escape by climbing a fence. P.O. Box 1142 was started in 1942, based in Fort Hunt, Virginia, formerly part of George Washington's farmlands. German scientists, submariners, and soldiers were questioned there. P.O. Box 1142 obtained valuable intelligence from German POWs and also communicated with Allied POWs overseas. The camp was in violation of the Geneva Convention because the Red Cross was not notified of the transfer or location of the prisoners. But according to the surviving wardens, torture was not used. Sometimes you just got to bypass the rules to a point. That's not always a bad thing. The work done at Fort Hunt contributed to the Allied victory of World War II. It also led to advances in scientific technology and military intelligence that directly influenced the Cold War. In 1946, the 100 barracks ringed by barbed wire and watchtowers was bulldozed and the existence revealed to the public only in the early 2000s when the National Park Service uncovered parts of the fort's history. In October of 2007, a group of the former intelligence workers gathered for the first time since the war's conclusion and a flagpole and a plaque recognizing their contributions were dedicated on the original grounds. Have you ever heard of Operation Paperclip? Interesting situation. P.O. Box 1142 was one of a number of secret internment facilities commissioned by the United States with the goal to exploit the German scientists recruited as part of Operation Paperclip in Europe in order to prevent scientists specializing in rocket and other sensitive technologies from falling into communist hands, the United States became determined to prevent the Soviet Union from seizing scientists with this information prior to the end of the war. The U.S. Joint Intelligent Objectives Agency was responsible for sponsoring the operation and took a specific focus on the scientists who had worked on Hitler's V-2 rocket program. As many of the former prison guards and interrogators at P.O. Box 1142 have started to grow old and information become declassified, a substantial amount of information learned at P.O. Box 1142 has started to come to light. Between 1942 and 1946, the military interrogators at the camp questioned more than 3,400 prisoners, more than 500 of whom were scientists who had come to the United States as part of Operation Paperclip. During these interviews, significant information regarding German advances in rocketry, jet technology, weapon systems, and acoustic torpedoes were discovered. The United States was able to take this information and develop an effective acoustic torpedo countermeasure. 
The former interrogators say they did not use physical torture, but they did use psychological tricks, like threatening to turn the prisoner over to the Soviets. If a prisoner would refuse to talk, they would blindfold him, put him in a truck, drive him around the facility for untold periods of time, then back up to a metal door, unload the prisoner and walk him into this area, sit him in a chair. One of the prison guards who spoke Russian dress in a Russian uniform and come in and they would get the idea that they were fixing to be turned over to the Russians. The talking happened soon after. National Park Service Ranger Brandon Byes interviewed over 70 of the former interrogators from P.O. Box 1142 on this topic and said, to our knowledge, no, there was no torture here. This is a question that was asked in every interview the National Park Service conducted, and we have found no evidence that there was anything remotely resembling torture that happened here. One of the guards, who was a Russian-American, said they were the ones that would dress in the Russian uniforms and they would attend the interrogations, said it was a situation of good cop, bad cop. If you want to talk, okay. You can go to a nice POW camp at Fort Meade. Otherwise, das vidanya, tovarich. You could go to the Soviet Union. <laughs> and guess which they preferred. Another said during the many interrogations, we never laid hands on anyone. We extracted information in a battle of the wits. It's a matter of pride to say that we never compromised our humanity. Let's keep on with the secrets of the government, true or otherwise. There are enough conspiracy theories online to keep you reading for a lifetime. And trust me, you don't want to fall down that rabbit hole. Because those rabbits are mean. But what does it mean when some of the rumors and the secrets are actually confirmed? Thanks to declassified documents, government leaks and revealing reports, We've learned more about our government's secret programs than ever before. From the FBI's true file on Bigfoot to the CIA's covert dragonfly, sometimes the truth can be stranger than fiction. Number one, we have found out that the Pentagon actually does have a UFO program. And among some of the Pentagon's most secretive programs is the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. The program was dedicated to investigate reports of unidentified flying objects, UFOs, but for years it was never formally acknowledged by the Department of Defense. The agency claims the program stopped receiving funds in 2012. However, many believe it continues to operate to this day. Did Apple build a top-secret iPod? According to former Apple software engineer David Scheer, the tech company worked with the U.S. Department of Energy on a covert project back in 2005. The special iPod was allegedly supposed to act as a Geiger counter 
by testing radiation levels in the air, he shared in tidbits. You could walk around a city, casually listening to your tunes, while recording evidence of radioactivity, scanning for smuggled or stolen uranium, for instance, or evidence of a dirty bomb development program, with no chance that the press or the public could get wind of what was happening, Shayer wrote. That could be interesting. If you see somebody walking around a town with an iPod who suddenly stops, screams, and takes off running, I would follow that person in this case. Did you know the FBI was tracking Bigfoot? I wonder if they were able to tag him. Apparently, the FBI really does have a file on everyone, including mystical creatures like Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Deep within the FBI's Freedom of Information Library, you can track down the agency's file on Bigfoot. Files are released only when a subject is deceased, which not only points to the figure being real, but it also suggests that the agency believes it's dead. I don't believe Bigfoot is dead. And I don't believe that Bigfoot is one individual. I believe that Bigfoot is a number of animals. In World War II, the U.S. and Britain snuck Allied prisoners of war escape maps using playing cards. The papers, containing detailed escape routes, were hidden between the layers of playing cards. The Geneva Convention stated Christmas care packages were allowed to be delivered to POWs, which is how the decks of cards went undetected. Well, that's pretty interesting. I wouldn't use the one that was under the Ace of Spades since the Ace of Spades is considered the death card. That map may not be good, worthwhile. Okay, those wonderful naval UFO videos that look to me to be something somebody came up with in a basement. There are at least three videos released by the U.S. Navy documenting UFO activity. However, those videos were never supposed to be released along with the confirmation that the videos were taken by Navy pilots and capture unexplained aerial phenomena, which I think is what they're calling it now, unexplained aerial phenomena. The agency also admitted the footage was never intended for the public to see. Whoopsie! Somebody messed up. Witnesses claim that there's more to the Nimitz UFO encounters. The people, most people were astonished after watching the three Navy UFO videos, aka the Nimitz UFO encounters. But many speculate that there's way more to the incident than previously seen. After watching the videos in full, witnesses claim there is a longer video still yet to be released in which the project or in which the object performed a number of physically impossible maneuvers. Well, I guess they're physically impossible in the real world, but in the world of make-believe and movies, 
if you move the camera just right, some, some things can do just about anything. Remember the movie where Fred Astaire dances on the walls and ceiling of a room and it makes it look like he's dancing upside down and sideways? Yeah, that's film trickery. The CIA built a robot dragonfly. Thanks to James Bond and other spy movies, our imaginations are filled with possibilities for covert devices on the spy trade. But the reality is so much better than imagined. At least that's how we felt when the CIA released never-before-seen devices from the 70s at the CIA Museum in Washington, D.C. Among the gadgets was a drone-like dragonfly known by the CIA as the Insectothopter. Huh, quite a buzz. And they built a robot catfish. Now, being from the South, although I'm not a fisherman, I take umbrage at the fact that they made a catfish because catfish, especially fried, is part of Southern culinary perfection. The catfish's nickname was Charlie, and he was the CIA's top secret catfish. The agency built the robotic parts submarine in the 1990s to see if it was possible to build an uncrewed underwater device, or UUV. Everything's got to have initials. Charlie's purpose was to collect water samples without being detected. But it's unclear if it ever succeeded, since the agent controlling the unmanned vehicle needed to be nearby for it to work, as well as catfish not being very common in the 1990s. Of course, I'm not sure what part of the country or world they're testing it in. It can be assumed that the invention wasn't quite workable or useful. Here's one you'll probably believe for its ridiculousness. The military attempted to weaponize lightning. Imagine, if you will, a weapon that couldn't be traced to the attacker. That was the idea behind the CIA's past attempt at weaponizing lightning, according to a declassified document from 1967. While the invention turned out to be functional, the agency never fulfilled the program. Perhaps they got a cease and desist letter from Zeus. The Pentagon, this is, this is a common argument within the UFO community. The Pentagon is possibly, in parentheses, possibly, in possession of off-world vehicles. The Pentagon has always remained tight-lipped on whether or not there even is a funded UFO program. Well, we've already discussed that there was, so there may still be. That being said, claims have been made of, that the government is in possession of off-world vehicles. Astrophysicist Eric Davis, who consulted for the Pentagon's UFO program, examined numerous materials that he deems off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. Lost plutonium in the Himalayas. 
the United States and India came together for a joint mission in the 1960s that, if successful, would monitor China's nuclear development. The goal was to install radioactive isotope PU-238 powered sensors, but hazardous conditions forced the team to evacuate the Himalayas before the installation was complete. When they returned, the sensors had vanished. No one has tracked down the plutonium devices, but locals believe they are still active in the area and are responsible for melting mountain caps that are causing massive floods. The mysterious dark mass that wasn't a submarine. Retired Navy Commander David Fravor recalled an unusual experience that can only be described as terrifying. In the 1990s, he was assigned to retrieve BQM aerial target drones and submarine telemetry torpedoes from the ocean. A helicopter pilot was tasked to do the same. Both men witnessed a large dark mass, circular in shape, ascend toward the surface when they were attempting to hook the torpedo, and both swear it wasn't a submarine. In the helicopter pilot's encounter, the object sucked up the torpedo, never to be recovered. The existence of Iran's military dolphins. While many are concerned over Iran's nuclear capabilities, the military is also keeping a watchful eye on its sea. In 2000, Iran purchased a fleet of military-trained dolphins from Russia, and no one knows whether they're alive or not today. The dolphins were originally trained by the Soviet Union to attack and kill enemy ships. Where, oh where, is the Russian anti-aircraft missile? The United States experienced a huge win for the intelligence community in June of 2020 by acquiring Russia's most advanced anti-aircraft missile, the Panzer S-1 from Libyan forces. The Panzer S-1 is a low-altitude air defense system mounted on the back of a military truck. It has recently been used in Libyan and Syrian war zones. The U.S. Air Force transported the weapon out of the country and it has disappeared. Nobody knows where it is. Well, nobody in the public. Yes, the military, the U.S. military once funded a flying saucer program. While the public has always been fascinated with the government's investigation and mostly denial of UFOs, the fact that the military once funded the design of its own flying saucers wasn't known publicly very much until recently. The secret program was launched by the military in the, in the 1950s and was titled Project 1794. The mission? A supersonic aircraft that could uniquely combat Soviet bombers. The U.S. Air Force surprised the public when it announced the arrival of a new fighter jet in 2020. The aircraft was secretly designed, built, and tested by the Next Generation Air Dominance Program, or the NGAD. 
No other information about the fighter jet has been released other than the fact that it's here and it's supposedly breaking records. The government had a Cold War era constant peg program. Though it's declassified now, the government ran a top secret training program during the Cold War known as the Constant Peg Program. In said program, U.S. pilots trained with the MiG jets, the former Soviet fighter jets. Not only did the government acquire these aircrafts secretly, they were purchased so the USAF's best pilots could familiarize themselves with the enemy's technology and learn how to beat the jets in combat in case World War III occurred. Personally, I think if World War III does happen, the stuff we have now probably won't help. It says that the CIA secretly used drones against Soviet SA-2 missiles. A very real threat to the United States during the Vietnam War was the Soviet Union's SA-2 missiles. To defeat them, the CIA concocted the secret mission, United Effort, to steal pertinent data information. The mission only lasted 200 milliseconds and at first glance appeared to be a Soviet victory. However, the CIA's SAM sniffer was really a suicide drone, an unmanned drone disguised as a U-2 spy plane to lure a Soviet missile strike. The goal was to record the radar guidance and proximity fuse information of the attack. After a successful mission in 1966, all of this information was used to create a warning receiver to prevent the SAM missiles from hitting their aircrafts. The Air Force built an unmanned space plane. Since 2010, the U.S. Air Force has been launching an unmanned space plane into orbit to carry out classified tests. The aircraft, known as the X-37B Orbital Test Vehicle 5, or OTV-5, has carried out five missions since it initially launched. The last spending a record-breaking 780 days in orbit. That's over two years. The CIA once built a bird drone in the Cold War times. With the Cold War brought tons of covert inventions, some of which were only recently declassified. The CIA's Project Aqualine for example, was intended to create a fleet of bird drones that would act as spy planes and couriers in the Cold War. The invention, although never completed, was intended to be nuclear-powered so they could stay in the air for up to a month. The A-12 Oxcart aircraft was created by the United States in 1963 and was built for reconnaissance missions, especially those at high altitudes requiring quick maneuvering. Throughout its design, construction, and testing phases, the A-12 was housed at Area 51. You know, that place that doesn't exist. It was considered the top reconnaissance aircraft until 1968, 
when the government favored the SR-71 for its longer range and probably for its cooler, badass look, the Air Force's top-secret space station. Back when the space program was all over the news in the 60s, the USAF was simultaneously working on a more covert program. The Manned Orbiting Laboratory was a top-secret United States Air Force initiative with the main objective being to serve as a manned satellite to spy against the Soviet Union. Oddly enough, the letters put together spelled M-O-L, which could be pronounced mole. Huh. The shuttle, though never officially launched, and the program was shut down in 1969. But thanks to declassified documents, we can see how the government intended to keep a watchful eye over the Soviet Union. As the Cold War dragged on, Soviet Union and the United States began fighting for control of a newly independent Congo. Throughout the conflict, the CIA sent in a number of drones for reconnaissance. Thanks to CIA declassified documents, a previously unknown attack on these drones has been released, and it's not what you'd think. The CIA spy plane was attacked with a thrown spear and the event was even included in President Truman's briefing. Well, I think that's about all we can cover for today. I hope you have enjoyed this episode, learned a little something, found some humor in it. Hope you'll be back with us next time as we bring you another episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Have a great week, y'all.